When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's July 16th, 2021, and you are invited to join me and my dear friend and longtime co-host, Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com, as we dig in to all kinds of delicious talk about summer meals. We are talking oven-free ideas for dinners, easy lunches for kids, breakfasts and snacks that will help you make sure you don't miss out on the best of summer and even how and what to cook when you're on a trip to the beach. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. We hope you know that you have found your way to the most awesome community of women that exists on the internet right now. You can find our awesome community on Facebook, of course. The Sort of Awesome Hangout is the heart of our community there. And we also, of course, want to give a shout out to how much we love our awesomes of Instagram. If you haven't joined us, come over there. We've got daily stories. We've got discussions going on about episodes in the main feed. We're sharing reels. We've got a little bit of everything. I go live usually on Friday mornings to do a get ready with me and we just chit chat about things. It's a lot of fun. So if you have not joined us, come over and join us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Rebecca, I'm so excited to get to visit with you again with all the summer stuff going on. You've been traveling, all kinds of things happening. I feel like we haven't even really had a time to chit chat together. I'm so excited. I've missed you, and I feel like summer has been going by just so fast. I know. I cannot believe how are we in the middle of July. It's less than a month now until my kids go back to school. How is this happening? I don't know. It's crazy. It is. It really is. Okay, well, this is an episode that was highly requested amongst our superstars. So as I mentioned on a recent episode of Sort of Awesome, one of our brand new perks that we are so excited about is texting. It's a new perk for our superstars where you basically get to sign up to text back and forth with me and talk about all things sort of awesome and all kinds of other things. And one thing I did was ask some of our superstars, hey, we're kind of thinking about what we want to talk about during our summer episodes. What do y'all think? So many people, Rebecca, so many people asked specifically, can you talk about food in the summer, summer meal planning, summer recipes? What are you feeding your kids? How do I stay sane with trying to feed all of these people in my house all the time? So Rebecca and I thought, you know, we're not really experts at this either, but (laughs) 
like, that sounds like a great episode. I want to listen to it. Where can I get all this excellent advice? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But we did. We thought about, okay, what do we do to make cooking and meal planning and just feeding our families and friends and our kids' friends, all the people that are in our house in the summer, what do we do to make it a little easier and a little bit more awesome? So we've compiled some ideas to share with you. We have a lot to cover. We're going to get to all that summer food and recipe goodness here in just a few minutes. But Rebecca, first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about books or TV shows, movies, products, podcasts, whatever's making life a little more awesome right now. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week? Okay, well, I'm taking a little bit of a turn with my Awesome of the Week. Normally, yes, I recommend a podcast, a book. This time, I just need to tell you that I did something in my life that was so incredibly awesome. I'm still reaping the benefits from it. And that is that my husband and I together cleaned out our master closet, a very unawesome activity that actually brought so much awesome. I'm so proud of the work that we did in this closet, Meg. And I just have to share it to hopefully inspire other people. Clean your closet. (laughs) Yes. Clean your closet. It's probably neglected. It's probably dusty. Meg, the dust. The dust that was in this closet is absolutely alarming. (laughs) It was so intense. I even posted some pictures on my Instagram stories, but kind of cringing as I did it. Like, am I going to get a bunch of hate DMs from this? Like judgy people (laughs) telling me that this is terrible. I'm convinced that there is massive amounts of dust in everyone's home. It might be like under your bed or maybe behind a dresser. We all have it somewhere, right? Like there's some space somewhere that has an unreasonable amount of dust. You're just not seeing it on the daily basis, right? Yes. I can actually see the open door of my closet from where I stand while we're recording. And Rebecca, the dust situation in there alone is horrifying. I can't even talk to you about the dust situation under my bed. It makes me want to have a full-on allergy attack just thinking about it. So (laughs) I'm terrified of of projects like this, honestly. Okay, but then Meg, once you do it, you're going to feel so good and so empowered. Here's the deal. My husband and I, we conquered this together, okay? And we ended up carrying seven bags of stuff (gasps) out of our closet. Whoa. Whoa, that's a lot. Seven bags. Yeah. And only one of those was dedicated to dust. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But it really just felt like such a load lifted. And then after that, okay, it motivated me to conquer other spaces in our home. Over the last week, we've ended up getting rid of a total of 11 bags of stuff from our house. It's just like this ripple effect. I just think it's just so motivating once you start. I have a few closet clean out tips, though. For the awesomes, for people who are hesitantly thinking, okay, Rebecca, yeah, maybe I should clean out my closet, but like, how do I even do this? This does not sound fun. Well, it's not. It's not. But here's what you do, okay? First of all, make sure that you have a bag for trash and a bag for donation, and then start with the easy stuff. Start with easy decisions, things that you don't have to think about too much. The thing that you've been holding on to like forever and you are debating so deeply in your soul whether or not to keep or get rid of, don't start with that. 
Start with the shirt that has the holes in it. Start with the shirt or the pair of pants that you haven't worn for five years. Get rid of those things first so that you can gain momentum and then keep going. Also, clear out as much stuff as possible out of the space so that you can really truly clean the space. Clean things out and then add them back in after you've cleaned it thoroughly. And speaking of cleaning, wear a mask. I wore a mask. (laughs) Who knew that masks would come in handy so much? But I wore a mask. I'm highly allergic to dust. I wore a mask and did not sneeze the entire time that I was cleaning out my closet, which was absolutely a miracle. Now, for the things that you're actually trying to declutter, okay, I have something controversial to say, and that is it's okay to hold on to things for a little while longer. Now, I feel the big message that we hear so often is if you haven't used it, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. But... I think that there's something mentally that happens where we can lose momentum because of really hard decisions. We start to freeze up because we're so torn about getting rid of something that then we give up on the whole process. What if we're just a little bit more gentle with ourselves and say, okay, I probably don't need these things. I may not use them for a whole nother year. And the next time I do this, maybe then I'll get rid of it. But like, I just need to wait. I'm just not quite ready to get rid of something. And I think this specifically can apply to clothing that we're sentimental about. If space makes it possible, why not pack those things away instead of getting rid of them? Decluttering regret is a real thing that I feel like we don't talk about very much. I know you're trying to help us be encouraged to declutter right now, but that is one part of it. Yeah, it is. And I think the big thing is that You're taking steps forward. And if something is hindering you from moving forward, maybe it's okay to say, okay, on this item, I'm just pressing pause. And and of course, there's nuance to this. If you have zero storage space, that's not going to be possible for you. If you're looking down the barrel of a move coming up or something, that's when you need to be like, okay, now what is worth moving? But if that's not the case, just hit pause on a few things and then move on and then reassess them later. And then... This is a real big one, but with all things, as you're decluttering, think to yourself, is this item for the ideal version of you or the real version of you? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's for your ideal size, your ideal style, or the ideal occasions that you would go to. But the reality is you're not that size. This isn't really your style because you never wear outside of the house. And you don't go to occasions like that. Or maybe it's a project that the ideal version of you would complete, something that you need to mend or fix or dry clean or DIY. But the real version of you has been holding on to this for like five years, waiting for the ideal version of you to show up and do those things. So just level with yourself, right? Yes, absolutely. And then lastly, just clean something. That's my big Mm -hmm. motto. Just clean Mm -hmm. something. If you don't have it in you to do an entire master closet clean out, just walk in and find one item you can get rid of and then call that a victory for the day. Just clean something. Something is better than nothing. Yes. I feel like I just had a little mini seminar on getting (laughs) geared up to do some much needed decluttering work around the house for sure. Like I said, my closet's staring at me like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, it's time to get started in here. So that was so good. Thank you, Rebecca. Those are great takeaways from all of that. 
I'm really proud of you guys for completing the project. I am so too. proud of us. I'm so <laughs> proud of us. Seven bags of stuff out of this closet. It's incredible. Yes. Okay. Well, here's something you can do while you are working on decluttering that spot that needs attention in your house. And that's listen to an amazing new podcast from Gimlet. Rebecca, you and I have talked about Gimlet Productions throughout the years of Sorta Awesome. Some of our favorite shows are from Gimlet. Well, they have a new one called Not Past It. And it is hosted by Simone Polanin. And every Wednesday, she takes a moment from that week that happened in history. Some of it is a long time ago history. Some of it is pretty recent history. And then talks about how that thing that happened that week in history is still impacting our world today. And this podcast really just started back in, I think, at the beginning of June. So there's not that many episodes out. And the episodes are really about under 30 minutes. And so this is a perfect binge. Simone is a fantastic host and the production values are really great on this. And she really walks you through this, you know, like whatever the historical thing is, and then makes the connections to how it has impacted our culture, our society, our understanding of things today. So for example, back at the beginning of June, she talked about, there was an episode called The Vax That Got Axed, tracing whatever happened to there being a vaccine for AIDS, which was a really big topic of conversation around the mid-1990s, and it's just kind of has faded off the radar. So there's some more serious topics like that. But then also, Rebecca, she talks about the Paris Hilton sex tape that came out in 2004 and how that made an impact on celebrity culture as we know it. She's talked about the Illuminati. She talks about how we came to have the PG-13 rating for movies. So anyway, these are just fascinating stories. And again, Simone is a fantastic host. She's witty and charming and conversational, but also super, super smart. And you really feel like you're learning something. And she has an entertaining way of talking about it. So again, the podcast is called Not Past It. I will say now that Gimlet is owned by Spotify, some of their podcasts are on Spotify exclusively. And this is one of them. So you do need to go find it on Spotify if you want to listen to it. But even if you're not a Spotify evangelist like I am, because I love Spotify so much, even still, it's worth checking out Spotify just so you can listen to Not Past It from Gimlet. Oh, how fascinating. This idea of like a ripple effect of how things have played out. I love that. You know, the last podcast episode that you and I recorded together, you recommended a podcast and I binged it before that podcast even dropped. It was so yes. good. <laughs> you were like my podcast whisperer. And so I will yes. definitely check this out. That one was, do you know Mordecai? Did you yes. like it? Yes. Oh my goodness. It was so good. <laughs> I've had so many great follow-up conversations with the awesomes about that one, because once you listen to it, you're like, I need to talk to somebody about this craziness. So, okay, well, those are our Awesomes of the Week. We'll have links for you guys to check out in the show notes. And like I said, Rebecca and I have a lot of food, cooking, recipe, all that stuff, all that good conversation to inspire you to find the awesome in summer cooking. We're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes when we come right back. 
Hey friends, here's the thing. We probably all have something we should see a doctor about, but you know, we've been putting it off. Now listen, our health is too important to ignore. If making a doctor's appointment feels like a chore, Plush Care is here for you. They make it super easy to schedule an appointment and see a doctor so that all of us can better prioritize our health hassle-free. Plush Care provides virtual doctor appointments through your smartphone or your computer. I can go on there and just pick a time that works for me and book an appointment right online. I don't have to sit on hold and then I don't even have to leave the house and go sit in a crowded waiting room. With Plush Care, I can be diagnosed, treated, and even have a prescription sent to my pharmacy within minutes. Plush Care does accept most major insurance carriers and it's available in all 50 states and the doctors really do care. They are available anytime that I have questions. And listen, awesomes, if you're having a difficult time managing your emotions, and who isn't these days, don't forget that plush care doctors are available to help with that too. Schedule an appointment today to discuss your treatment options. With five kids, a home, and business to run, getting in to see the doctor feels impossible with my schedule. That's why I love plush care. They make it easier than ever to take good care of yourself inside and out. So start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash awesome to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash awesome for a free 30-day trial. Plushcare.com slash awesome. Hey friends, today many small business owners are busier than ever because they are focused on managing and growing their business and they can't always spend the time they wish they could on recruiting. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. A few years ago, I was fortunate enough to bring on Sarah, our assistant producer, who has been life-changing in what she has brought to Sorta Awesome. So I know full well how important it is to find just the right person for the right role. You can get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. You just fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, the skills, and the motivation that you need. Then it's easy to filter and prioritize the top candidates you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn linkedin.com slash awesome. That's linkedin.com slash awesome to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Rebecca, you and I were talking about as we planned this episode, neither of us are the kind of people who are like super excited to get in the kitchen in the summer. <laughs> And right. cook up a bunch of stuff, right? No, I'm not. Like I don't want to be cooking. I really don't. <laughs> yes. For me, I think summer, especially if you have school-age kids, so your summer season is really like there is, it really feels different from the other seasons and rhythms of the year, right? Like things are just, maybe they're a little bit more laid back, or maybe you're trying to get out the door a lot more often for activities, whatever it looks like. To me, summer is the time, or I'm not really big on meal planning. It's more like, let's just get a bunch of meat that we can grill up a bunch of it or we can smoke a bunch of it and then we'll just take a little off of that and make tacos one night or make a pizza with it another night i'm all about batch cooking in the summer we obviously live in oklahoma and it gets very warm here of course during the summer but we're fully air conditioned so i will even sometimes do things that have to be baked or in the oven but we were thinking like what can we talk about that's easy that keeps people out of the heat of the kitchen 
especially at the end of the day in the summer. And so we thought, well, first of all, a lot of us probably are going to put some stuff on the grill, right? Yeah, definitely. And in fact, we remembered that a long time ago on Sorta Awesome, we had a whole episode, Laura Tremaine and I, talking about grilling, especially to have the encouragement, the empowerment as a woman to get out there and learn how the grill works. That's episode 58 of Sorta Awesome. It's called Grill It Girls. And we'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can go back and listen to that one if you want, because there were a lot of great ideas from that conversation with Laura. But Rebecca, I am so curious, what are your thoughts on grilling when it comes to summertime recipes, meal planning, eating, all of that stuff? Well, I would say that like you, I really appreciate batch, bat, what is it called? What am I trying to say? Batch cooking. Yes, <laughs> that's what I call it. There may be a better, there probably is a more official name for <laughs> no, it, but. No, that's it. I just, words are hard sometimes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I try to apply that to the grill sometimes too. Like, yeah, my goal usually when we grill is to grill more meat than what we actually need. And yeah. my go-to marinade is really simple, classic Italian dressing. I feel like that's a go-to easy, easy marinade for a lot of people. It's kind of one that you can freeze your chicken in it and thaw it out and it's already marinated. Or if you just marinate it for just a couple hours, it really is still works and is good. And so my favorite thing to do is to grill more chicken than we actually need and then use that leftover chicken for other meals throughout the week. And often yeah. I find that you can stretch a single chicken breast so much further with these other options than what you could if you were just serving that as the main dish, the main mm -hmm. meal. Yes. And so here are a couple items or a couple ideas for things that we've done that you can use for your leftover chicken. So first idea is to take your leftover chicken and use it in quesadillas, or you can shred it up and make a chicken salad. You can use it even in chicken fried rice. I make homemade chicken fried rice on a regular basis, and I find that having the chicken already cooked is kind of a way to simplify that recipe a little bit. And I do not mind the Italian marinade in that dish. It might sound like that doesn't go, but actually, like, you don't really notice. It's not that big a deal. Or yeah. you can use it on top of a homemade pizza or even my favorite way is to use it on top of a good lettuce vegetable salad. And I like to top that with my homemade sweet and sour dressing. I've talked about this on the show before. It is a classic in our house. We almost always have some in our refrigerator. It's sweet with just a little bit of tang to it. And we'll definitely have the recipe for that in the show notes. It's so, so good, and I feel like it just elevates any salad that I'm eating to like a whole new level. Yes. I was thinking that as you were talking about that Italian marinade for chicken, I was thinking that sounds so good on a salad right now. That's like a perfect summer. Could be a lunch. If your kids are up for eating salads, you could absolutely just make a huge chicken salad with that. You don't have to turn the oven on and you can again just pull from the meat that you've already grilled it's uh, such a great solution and you know for my kids some of them are more excited about a salad than others and i have found that sometimes the way to make it still work as the main meal dish for everybody 
is if we deconstruct the salad. So instead of giving a lettuce with like all the toppings on it, what if you just have little piles of the toppings that kids can, they might not be super excited about shredded carrots over top of lettuce, but maybe they'll eat some carrot sticks or something. Yeah. You know, you could give them a little dish of the dressing to dip things in. And usually that wins over my kids just fine. Yeah. That's a great creative way to do it. Deconstruct it. Break it down. (laughs) Yes. On that episode with Laura, Grill It Girls, I talked about our family's favorite marinade for grilling. And I'm going to re-mention it here in case you don't have time to go back and listen to the Grill It Girls episode. It is so easy and it is so forgiving. You can marinate almost any kind of meat in this. It is equal parts soy sauce, olive oil, lemon juice. That's it for the marinade. You can take your meat, whatever it is you're going to cook, whether it's chicken or pork. We've used this for steak, certainly in the past. You can even do portobello mushrooms, but take your meat and do a salt and pepper on both sides and sometimes even maybe sprinkle some garlic powder on it if you want. But really, this can go into that marinade. It can sit, like you were saying, with the Italian dressing. It can sit in that marinade overnight. You could just do it for a couple of hours in the fridge before you're ready to grill it. That is such a no-fail marinade. You can use it in so many different ways. So that easy marinade is one we definitely use a lot in the summer with grilling. Another one that I just found, because I was thinking, you know, one of the easiest things to put on the grill, and it's ready so fast, it's ready quicker than you could get everyone in your family to agree to like a pizza delivery order. By the time you finish this, you could, I mean, (laughs) it takes less time than that. And that is grilling salmon, which I know not everybody is a fan of, but it's so, I love salmon. And it's packed with protein and all kinds of great nutrients. And it cooks on the grill so fast, Rebecca. It's done like that. So I found this recipe from the blog, The Seasoned Mom. This is her grilled salmon recipe. And she mentioned in her recipe for grilled salmon that her mother kept a bowl of what she called her house seasoning on the counter all year round. And so this blogger at The Season Mom will just grab some of this house seasoning, sprinkle it on the salmon before she grills it, and then it's already seasoned. Even if you've forgotten that you were going to marinate something, you don't have to marinate. You just sprinkle it on. It's ready to go on the grill. So the seasoning is, and you make like a big batch of it and just keep it on hand. You can use it on salmon and or you could use it on any of these other things that you're putting on the grill as well. It's a quarter cup of garlic powder a quarter cup of kosher salt, quarter cup of dried parsley, a quarter cup of dried minced onion, and a quarter cup of dried basil. So you just mix all that up. Oh, and that use it sounds on, good. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, all of those great flavors from those seasonings and spices. So you're going to use that. You're going to just put some olive oil on your salmon. You're going to sprinkle on some of this seasoning. Heat your grill up. Or even if you don't have a grill, you could totally do this like on a grill pan on your stove in the kitchen. It's so easy and again, so forgiving. But you want to kind of go to medium heat. You don't want a super hot heat with salmon because it's going to cook really quickly anyway. So heat your grill up to a medium-ish heat. Put that salmon on the grill for about five minutes per side. If you have a really thick salmon filet, you may want to go a few more minutes. You can always tell that salmon is done when it flakes 
when you put a fork in it and it flakes really easily, that means it's done. Now, some people, if you're even fancy, you may have one of those grill baskets that are specifically made for vegetables or fish, things that are a little bit more delicate. Put it in one of those grill baskets. Again, five minutes per side-ish should get you ready. And I mean, really, we're talking 15 minutes from getting your salmon out, putting the seasoning on it, getting it on the grill, pulling it off, and you're ready to go. Doesn't that sound so so good for summer? It does. Oh my goodness, it sounds amazing. Yeah, and then you could just totally do some steamed rice on the side. If you don't even want to turn on your stove at all, you could do just buy a bag of rolls from the grocery store and some fresh vegetables from the farmer's market or the grocery store or whatever. And you've got a whole meal put together. I just thought that sounded amazing. I will put the link to her grilled salmon that includes that house seasoning into the show notes so you guys can go check it out. Another thing that I ran across, because I was thinking back to that episode that Laura and I did, Grill It Girls, and I remembered that Laura talked about grilling pizzas. Do you remember this? I was blown away by the idea of actually grilling a pizza. I was like, what? I've never heard of this. And she's like, oh, sure. It's like so easy to do. So I was looking for some other ideas of things that would be fun, especially I think in the summer, it's so fun to do things that feel special. It's a great way to make summer feel special, to make things that you just normally wouldn't eat. So I found this recipe over at the Food Network for grilled grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, so, wait. <laughs> Doesn't that sound amazing? I'm like, I want this for dinner right now. (laughs) That does sound good. Do you make it just on the regular grill grates? Yes, you can. So you go ahead and heat up your grill, get it all going. And then I think the key is you want to find some kind of a thick bread that's not going to just fall apart on the grill. So these are going to be a little bit fancier grilled cheese sandwich than what you might make in the skillet with white bread and American cheese, which is totally fine. I love one of those grilled cheese sandwiches too. But if you want to put it on the grill, find something that's a little bit heartier, like a brioche bread or something that's got some heft to it. You know what I mean? So it's not going to just fall apart into your grill and make a big, <laughs> make a big mess basically. So yeah, you just slice it up like you would. The Food Network recipe, again, a little bit fancier, says smear on some fig jam and then put your cheese on over that. I've never tried that, but it does sound amazing. Do a really nice sharp cheddar, especially if you are using a jam on your bread. The contrast between the sharpness of the cheddar, sweet jam is going to be so good. You butter the outside of both sides of the sandwich and basically just throw it straight onto the grill. Grill it on each side until the bread gets those nice char marks on it. The cheese is melted. Again, just like the salmon, it's going to be about five minutes per side. Pull it off onto a plate. Let it cool a little bit. You're ready to go. Oh, my goodness. Sounds so good. Doesn't that sound amazing? I'm seriously like, I'm wondering if we could do this tonight for dinner. It sounds so good. So those are some ideas for grilling. Again, we have a whole entire episode in the back catalog of Sorta Awesome I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to go get inspiration from that. That was, of course, the first thing that came to mind for me and Rebecca as we were thinking about summer cooking. But Rebecca, we also were kind of thinking about something that Kelly mentioned on the summer list, our awesome summer list for summer 2021. And she was talking about using your slow cooker to cut down on cooking, especially heating up your kitchen. So we started thinking about what are some slow cooker or instant pot 
recipes that would work for summer. So I was going to tell you some of the ones I found. Now, Rebecca and I do not have Instant Pots. I will say that. After I researched some Instant Pot recipes for this episode, I was like, maybe we do need an Instant Pot. These do (laughs) sound pretty amazing in terms especially of how quickly they cook things, right? Well, everybody I know who has one seems to love them, seems to love them. And I have a friend in particular who is just baffled that I do not own one. And I don't own one. And I would say that some of my closest local friends also do not own one. And I don't know what we're doing, but it seems like we're really missing out on something amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel the same way. I'm so reluctant to get one more kitchen device because we already have so many and we really have run out of space. But truly, the quickness that you can put a meal together is a big sell for Instapot. So I'm going to tell you a couple. What did you find for the Instapot? Well, okay, I've got a couple of ideas on the Instant Pot. One of them is for a chicken fajita bowl. And so basically, you can get your Instant Pot and you can cook all together at the same time a cilantro lime rice. If you're a cilantro eater, it's not my favorite, but lots of people love it. And this actually does sound pretty great for chicken fajitas. So you can cook your rice and your seasoned chicken and the onions and bell peppers all together at the same time in your Instant Pot. Sorcery. (laughs) Yeah, right? Absolute magic. So once all of that is done cooking in your Instant Pot, and I'll put a link. This this recipe actually came from one of my favorite blogs, cooking blogs from the way back days, which is 365 Days of Crock-Pot. Did you ever use that? Yes. Yes. This was like such a blast of the past for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this blog. I love it so much. So many great recipes. She still does slow cooker recipes, but she now has Instant Pot recipes. So I found this recipe from her. I'll put a link in the show notes. But she suggests doing a fajita bowl because then, especially if you're feeding kids, if you have picky family members or people that just like me, I don't like cilantro, so I may not want the cilantro rice. Everything is kind of served separately and you put your bowl together with whatever you want. And so she suggests once you get your chicken and your rice and your onions and peppers out of the Instant Pot to put out other choices like shredded cheese. Maybe you have some fresh sweet corn because corn is in season, tomatoes, maybe some black beans, sour cream, guacamole. We have had the best avocados here in Oklahoma City in our closest grocery store for like a month now. And I am in absolute heaven. We're having guacamole all the time. And so it's kind of like a taco bar, except it's chicken fajitas, but everybody just puts it together in a bowl. If you don't like rice or if your family doesn't like rice, or if you just don't want to mess with the rice, of course you could put this into tortillas, make some soft tacos or just traditional chicken fajitas. So anyway, I love that in the Instant Pot, you can just put it all in there together. And like you said, sorcery, absolute magic. <laughs> so good. One slow cooker recipe, because I do have a slow cooker and we do use it a lot all year round, is a slow cooker coconut curry chicken. Now, Rebecca. Sounds amazing. Yeah. A while back, I shared a recipe from Avery Cooks that was Thai curry coconut chicken, which was so good. It's like a one skillet recipe. You tried it. Your family loved it. My family loved it. So great. This particular one 
is really meant for the slow cooker though. And so it's kind of along the same lines. It's sliced up chicken breast. It's Thai green curry paste if you can find it. If not, red curry paste could work just as well. You know, it's garlic and chili powder, basil, fresh lime juice, all of the components that you would want from a curry. But the great thing is in coconut milk, you mix it all up together and then it just sits and cooks on your countertop either for two to four hours on high, or if you want it to cook even a little bit longer, you could put it on low for six to eight hours. And then when it's done, you just shred it and you've got this delicious coconut curry and you could totally put it on flatbread make sure to you know squeeze lots of fresh lime juice on it and it's ready to go again cilantro is in season lots of people love cilantro in their curry so it's just been sitting there cooking and making your house smell amazing all afternoon (laughs) while you're either at home or out and about or you're at the pool or whatever and it's already waiting for you when you get home fantastic So I thought that sounded so good. One more thing I was going to mention is that I did not know this, but you can make iced tea in your Instant Pot, Oh, which again, I'm like, okay, why don't I have an Instant Pot? Is this like meadow tea? Maybe that's a regional thing. (laughs) Tell me about meadow tea. Well, you get tea from the wild or like you grow mint. (laughs) You grow mint. Okay. Not tea. You grow mint and then you like harvest the mint and then I don't know what you do. You boil it with some water and sugar, maybe. I don't know. I haven't made it for a really long time. This is a terrible tutorial. I don't anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The instructions are a little hard to follow, but especially since I'm like calling it the wrong thing. Okay. I think it tastes a bit like grass water, so I don't really love it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about your... No, that's fascinating. I'm going to need to know from the awesomes, (laughs) who has made meadow tea? What are we talking about here? Tell me more about that. And am I going to get kicked off the podcast for my terrible description of meadow tea? Probably. (laughs) That was atrocious. Never. That would never happen. This is like more of a just a traditional iced tea. So you're going to start with four tea bags, six cups of water, half a cup of sugar, or you could use a sugar alternative if you want. You pour everything into your Instant Pot. You just cook it on the high pressure setting for four minutes. And then 15 minutes later, it's cooled and it's ready to serve over ice. And the woman who has this recipe is a blogger at Two Sleevers. I'll put, of course, the recipe in the show notes. And she said that she likes to do two bags of decaf tea and then two bags of chai flavored tea. And then you get this light chai flavor, which is so good over ice. So to me, making iced tea takes a long time, especially sun tea, which is what we down here would normally be making in the summer where it sits out in the sun and brews and all of this stuff. This is ready in less than 20 minutes and you have a whole big batch of iced tea. So anyway, I was like, there's so much great stuff that we can be doing in the summer with our slow pots and apparently it's with our slow cookers and apparently our instant pots. So, Rebecca, I'm curious what you would suggest for these. Okay. Well, I have two recipes that were big hits with my family. So the first one is creamy Mexican chicken, and this is for the slow cooker. So I almost always have these ingredients on hand because it is such a Hoffer family favorite all throughout the year, and it's really easy to put together. It's chicken breasts, which can be fresh or frozen, 
corn, black beans, a jar of salsa, and then you just let that cook all day. And then you pull out the chicken and shred it, put it back in and add a block of cream cheese on top. Now, the kicker here is that cream cheese can also be frozen. So typically you wouldn't want to freeze a cream cheese that you're going to use to spread on top of a bagel or something. But in a dish like this, that you're just wanting it to get melty and be part of the sauce, you can totally have that frozen. So you could have frozen chicken breast, frozen or canned corn, a can of black beans, a jar of salsa, freeze a block of cream cheese. You can have all of these things kind of shelf stable for the most part on hand. And then you serve it over rice. And we prefer a Spanish rice, although you can just use white rice. But we really like to get a box of Spanish rice. The Goya brand is what we tend to get. And it is just so good. It's also really good as leftovers. Or if you want to skip the rice, you could just use tortilla chips, treat it like a Yes. It's such a big hit in our house. The other recipe. That sounds amazing. So good. The other recipe is cheesy pasta and beef casserole. Now, this recipe I got from Tammy Lee Tips. It is a travel food and life blog. And I have been using this for a few years now. I don't know if I would necessarily call it a casserole as much as I would just say it's like a regular marinara pasta dish with a meat sauce. But it's like turned up a notch because you're making the marinara sauce from scratch. And you're using some diced tomatoes, you're using some tomato sauce, and then adding in a bunch of different herbs and things to really accentuate that flavor. And then pasta can really get easily overcooked in the crock pot and get really mushy. But in this recipe, you make the pasta on the stove and then mix it in right before serving so you don't have that risk of doing that. And I have doubled this recipe before because essentially you're just making the sauce in the crock pot and then mixing everything in. Oh, and adding some cheese in so it gets really cheesy and gooey everywhere. Oh, it's so good. But I've doubled the sauce recipe and then frozen half of that and put that in the freezer so that it makes for a super easy meal later on down the road. So that's a cheesy pasta and beef casserole with the pasta, with the cheese, with the beef. Mm, So good. Yes. That sounds so good for like... You've been at the pool all day. I don't know about you and your kids, but when we are done at the pool, everybody is absolutely famished and coming home and having a big pasta dinner to top off the day sounds so filling and so nourishing. I love it. So good. So good. Okay. Well, Rebecca and I have talked about some dinner ideas. Again, kind of taking that idea of making a whole big batch of something kind of spacing it out through the week and other ways that you can keep your oven off, especially for your evening meal. But when we come back, I've got some ideas for you for feeding your kids lunch and breakfast and snacks. And Rebecca is going to tell us all of her best tips for how to prepare for and cook when you are away on a vacation, especially like a beachy vacation where you're out having fun all day and you're coming back and you've got a kitchen, but then what do you do for dinner? So we're going to talk about all of that when we come right back. 
There is one gift that the year 2020 brought to me. It is the gift of learning how to really practice meditation. Life can be stressful under normal circumstances, and last year challenged even the most difficult times of life. We all need stress relief that goes beyond the quick fixes, and for that, there's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app, and it's one of the only meditation apps that's actually advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinical validated research. They've got three-minute SOS meditations for when you're feeling totally overwhelmed, or if you're needing a little help at the end of the day to wind down and fall asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions that I absolutely swear by. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I have to admit, last month I got out of the rhythms of meditation a little bit, and my mental health really struggled. I got back into the swing, and I am feeling better already thanks to Headspace. Awesome's you deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash awesome. That's headspace.com slash awesome for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal being offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash awesome today. Hey friends, you know I always say that we have been a Grove Collaborative family for years and years. That's because I know that healthy plant-based non-toxic cleaning products really do work and the good ones are actually fun to use. But it can be a little overwhelming to know where to start and who to trust, and that is where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green. You can browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, and they're all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. I just opened up our latest delivery from Grove. Not only did I get my usuals like our Method bathroom clean and our Mrs. Meyers hand soaps that I love for all around the house. But I was super excited to get a brand new face and body bar from the company Peach. Peach is all about clean ingredients for you and plastic free for the planet. And again, that's what's so great about Grove. You don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all of the best new natural goods that are out there that you need for you and your family. You can join over 2 million households like mine who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier. For a limited time, when you awesomes go to grove.co slash awesome, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more. But you have to use our special code. So go to grove.co slash awesome to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash awesome. Okay, Rebecca. You have three kids. I have five kids. As you know, during the summer, one of the great things is your kids are there all the time and you're going and doing fun things, but also your kids are there all the time. They're always, always hungry, right? Yes. Why? Why do they want to eat so much? (laughs) So much eating. Oh my goodness. So just coming up with ideas of like, how am I going to do this? And I don't want to cook all summer. Okay, here are some ideas that I have either tried myself or I thought sounded really great especially for feeding your kids, although anybody could make these and enjoy them throughout the summer. The first thing I thought of is a recipe that I had on my blog years and years ago for three ingredient banana pancakes. And these are so easy to fix up. Toddlers love these things. These are a great first food. Toddlers like Nico's age love them. Even my kids when they were younger 
sort of preschool age. This was one of their favorite breakfasts. And it's literally just a mashed up banana, an egg that you beat into it. And then I used to do baking powder in there to kind of bubble it up. I would usually throw in some cinnamon, some vanilla extract, mix it all up, and you just make little pancakes in the skillet. And a great thing about that is that you can always add peanut butter or any kind of nut butter to give them a little protein boost. I have found, Rebecca, with my kids, if I can get them some protein in the morning, it helps to cut down on all of the day-long snacking that they want to do. So I actually found an updated recipe for this where instead of doing a little bit of the baking powder in there, the blogger at Slender Kitchen suggests doing the mashed banana, the egg, and then doing two tablespoons of flour in there. So you could either do like a whole wheat or like a coconut flour, and that's going to give it even a little bit more substance to it to kind of fill up their tummies a little bit more. Along those same lines, Kelly, a long time ago, mentioned the apple peanut butter cookies from a Farm Girl Dabbles blog. I think those are fantastic. Now, you would need to bake those. So that's the thing. If you are trying to keep out of the kitchen for the most part when it's really hot, you could mix up a big batch of these like one morning at the beginning of the week and then kind of parcel them out as the week goes on. And again, it's like something that makes breakfast so fun in the summer because you're getting to eat cookies for breakfast, but they actually do have some good nutrients and some good protein to help keep them full. So I thought that would be fun. Another idea of doing a homemade chocolate granola bar, which would be packed with oats. I found a really great recipe for you guys, packed with oats and coconut and flaxseed and honey and all kinds of healthy, good ingredients, and also throw in some chocolate chips. And your kids could even help with mixing this up because it is such an easy recipe to mix up really quickly. You're going to bake them, but then when they're done, you cut them into bars. You could totally do this for breakfast or snacks. I thought these would be so easy once you bake them and cut them down into bars to put them into a big baggie and take them along in your cooler, wherever you're, if you're going out to the pool or the zoo or whatever, they would be a little messy, a little melty because they're chocolatey, but really filling and taste so sweet, but have lots of good for kids ingredients in them. So I'm going to have a recipe for you for the chocolate granola bars. Another one that I thought of, this could be for breakfast or a snack. And I think that kids would think this was so fun for breakfast is a banana nice cream. Have you ever heard of making banana nice cream, Rebecca? Is that like fake ice cream? It's mostly just a banana that's frozen. Yep. Yes. Yes. You're really taking me back to like my early days of motherhood with blogging and our main source of media consumption was other bloggers and getting ideas from recipe roundups and things. And Days when I thought, oh, yes, I'm going to make such good nutritious things for my kids. Yes. Fake them out with bananas. Right? Yes. That was a whole movement. Oh, my gosh. Yes. When my girls, who are now teenagers, were little, that was the whole thing, right? You hide the healthy food in Mm -hmm. delicious recipes. (laughs) Well, that is exactly what banana nice cream is. It's basically just blended up banana that you then put some other... A milk of some kind could be almond milk. Oat milk is a big thing right now. Could be just regular cow's milk in there. And then you freeze it like it's ice cream. And again, you could totally add some nut butter to this, or you could even throw in like some strawberries or other fruits. Such a fun way to start the day or have a little afternoon snack. Once you get it all blended up and you stick it in the freezer, you can just pull it out like ice cream. 
One more idea that I thought was so fun is making a watermelon pizza, which is where you just slice your watermelon. You put some Greek yogurt on there for the quote unquote sauce and then top it with whatever berries or cherries, peaches, even all kinds of summer fruits on there. And kids think that is so fun. I think that even my eight-year-olds would have so much fun making that. And kids love fruit. And we have fruit in abundance right now, right? Like, oh my fruit everywhere the best all the time. part of summer. Yes, absolutely. So quickly, I wanted to talk about lunches. I will say that thinking back on lunches from summers in my childhood, my mother taught us from the time we were 11 or 12 onward, we were pretty much on our own for summer lunches. She would just be like, I don't know, see what's in the kitchen. You can make yourself something, which is one of the beautiful things about having big kids. Key is, of course, to teach them to clean up after themselves when they make this. But we would make like huge pots of pasta and just eat buttered pasta for lunch. Those were the days. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, how the tides have changed. Uh-huh. Big vats of buttered pasta to um, <laughs> banana ice cream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. When we became moms, we took a hard left of those things. <laughs> we absolutely did. Yes. So true. So true. But yeah, teach your older kids how to make lunch. But for your younger kids in the summer, I love to do basically picky platters is what we've always called them. You could be fancy and call them the kids charcuterie board. It's grab some lunch meat, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, dips, pita bread, crackers, and just set it all out and let them pick and put together their own lunch. As your kids get older, definitely a big key around here anyway, is have a kid who's assigned to help you get everything out and ready. And they can even have fun and get artistic and creative with how they set everything out. And then another kid can help you get everything put away and cleaned up. I feel like the cleanup is a big part of the battle of winning summer at home with kids. And you could even have like a theme day with it. You could make apple monsters where you have sliced apples and then they have a variety of toppings they could put on it, like sunflower seeds, other nuts if they're able to eat nuts, even some fun stuff like marshmallows, strawberries, and they make monsters out of their little apple slices. Again, it's a great way to get them some good, healthy summer food, and they can have a lot of fun and make some fun memories along the way, almost like turning lunchtime into a little mini crafting time, especially if you do have kids who are in the age range that are like, mom, I'm so bored. Well, come on, let's go in the kitchen and make something that's fun for lunch. So... Those are some ideas for kids' breakfast, lunches, and snacks. Rebecca, tell us what you have learned about, because I know you guys do big trips every now and again, together as a family, staying with family and staying with friends, and cooking is a thing when you get a bunch of families together. How are we all going to eat? Tell me what you have learned from your experiences with this. Very true. Very true. So yes, we have had a lot of fun family vacations that we have cooked for, as well as every year we get a beach house and have some time with just our immediate Hoffer family. And, you know, one thing I think most people probably prefer not to cook while on vacation because that's part of the fun. But our family has always leaned really heavily on cooking our own food and only eating out a couple of times. And we've done this mostly to save money, also to save our sanity. Sometimes it's just not fun to eat out at a restaurant with kids, depending on their age. 
also we've done it sometimes so that we can save maybe some of that spending vacation money to use those dollars on other things instead of using it on eating out some other fun things that we want to do. And after years of cooking on vacation, here are a few things that I've learned. Number one is that simple meals are best, but special meals are more fun. Nobody wants to eat boring stuff on vacation. (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. It has to be something you're excited about. So I try to keep things easy so the meals don't take a lot of time. But last year, we actually experimented with taking some meal delivery kits with us. We had, with a silent auction, we had earned a free box to one of those places like HelloFresh or Home Chef, Blue Apron. And I saved it with the intention of using it when we were on vacation. So we took that with us. Those meals took a lot longer for us to put together. We tend to keep things really simple typically. And it was more involved with the food prep, but the food was so exciting. It was so good. It was definitely well worth it. So if you've ever contemplated, debated, trying one of those meal delivery kit services, maybe for a vacation, it'd be a great time to try it out. That is so smart and not something I would have thought of for taking on vacation, but it takes the whole planning, prepping all of it out of it. That's like the big selling point of doing a a meal kit. That is so smart to take it with you. So then you're getting the experience of getting to cook together, but without all the mental labor that goes into planning it out. That's brilliant, Rebecca. I love it. And mental labor with cooking on vacation is a big deal. You have to remember all of the key ingredients. So that's why I tend to lean heavily onto easy things or freezer meals. But with something like a meal kit, they pre-portion out everything that you need. You just might need to double check to be sure that you take your own salt or olive oil or whatever. But then you don't have to worry about all those little extra things. And you can have a really high quality, fun meal to eat. So the second thing that I've learned that I kind of just hinted to is that freezer meals are fantastic. Anything that I can make ahead of time will make vacation meal prep even faster and easier. Also, I would say plan at least one meal for leftovers. And I have really learned to let my husband be in charge of cooking. Now, okay, this is going to vary by family, but my husband really, really likes doing the bulk of our cooking while we're on vacation, which is great for me because it allows me to relax. But the thing is, he actually enjoys doing it because it's so different than his normal day-to-day jobs within his role in his company that it gives his brain something else to do, something different. And I've learned to lean into that. You can kind of micromanage sometimes, and sometimes we just need to remind ourselves you're shooting yourself in the foot here. Just like, let it go. (laughs) Just like, be quiet, let it go and enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, vacation's a good time to do that because a lot of times we might want to micromanage around somebody else cooking, whether it's our partner or whoever, because we're like, okay, but you know, the dishes need to be done by this time. So that means we need to have the meal on the table by this time because we were thinking in our day-to-day routines. But on vacation, hopefully you can just kind of sit back and be like, whatever happens, who cares? We're on vacation yeah, let's, and just roll let's with it. mix it up. Who's taking care of what? Just go with the flow. Yes. Now, another thing I've learned is if you're vacationing with extended family and you need to feed a crowd, I would say don't worry about reinventing the wheel. Stick with what you're comfortable with and what works. And 
I highly doubt your family is going to be upset that you always take the same thing on vacation every year because right for you it might feel like oh it's the same old thing it's boring but it's like one meal a year like it's it's not like you're feeding them the same thing every single week right like they don't care they don't care yes so our go-to with family extended family is taco salads or chef salads and they love it they love it they eat it up it's a crowd pleaser And so we just stick with it every year. And sometimes I'll ask, what are you in the mood for this year? Do you want it to be taco salad or do you want it to be chef salad? But I get zero complaints. (laughs) Like, they don't care. Yes. So here are some meal ideas for you to consider. Things that we have made in the past that have been hits for us, for our individual family, when we are going, for example, to the beach house, and some little tips with it. I'll have links in the show notes for as many of these recipes as I have. And you can look for those there. So we almost always make a baked oatmeal for breakfast. And this is something that I can whip up ahead of time and just take with us. You can freeze it or you can just make it a couple days in advance and it will stay really well. And then for lunch, we almost always, always, always take chicken salad. I don't know why this is such a treat for us. But here's a little story. When I used to work at Sight and Sound Theaters here in Lancaster County, it was kind of a ways away. So it was at least 30, sometimes depending on traffic, 30 to 40 minute drive to work, which I mean, it's not too far, but there was this little grocery store next door and it had chicken salad that became famous among the crew. We would call it crack chicken salad because surely oh, okay. there was crack in it because we were all addicted. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> I used to go in and I would buy a tub of chicken salad and a box of wheat thin crackers and just go to town with that as my lunch. Just loved this cracked chicken salad. So we started taking that on vacation with us as much as possible. And then when I stopped working there, I'd be like, I'm not gonna have to drive 40 minutes just to get chicken salad? (laughs) I don't wanna do that. But maybe I do wanna do that. I was gonna say, to be clear, you would do it. I mean, if you had to. (laughs) So like multiple times I have driven crazy out of my way when there's grocery stores within like three minutes of my house I'm driving like 40 (laughs) minutes to get the cracked chicken salad but you know like sometimes you just get little traditions like that things that you don't have on the regular but you know you really love you got to just bring those things on vacation it's the perfect time for it totally now if anybody's concerned for me in my driving my father-in-law found the perfect cracked chicken salad replacement for me i've been on the hunt for years i haven't worked at sight and sound 11 12 years and i finally found my cracked chicken salad replacement in my local town so i'm thrilled with that yeah okay other ideas a baked pesto ravioli i got this recipe from mostly homemade mom she does a lot of really simple meal ideas that you can pull together and this is really easy to put together ahead of time Her recipe actually calls for it in the slow cooker, and it's done with a layered type of method of frozen ravioli with some ricotta cheese and then a layer of pesto and maybe some mozzarella cheese. And then you layer that all and you bake it in your slow cooker. Now, I get kind of squeamish about pasta in the slow cooker because I notoriously overbake my pasta in the slow cooker. (laughs) So what I've done is I've taken her recipe and instead of doing this layered dish in the crock pot, I just mix it all together. It's all the same flavors. It doesn't really matter. You just mix it all together and then put it in a baking dish. And then I've frozen some or I'll just bake it in the oven and 
I feel like I can control the time a little bit better. So I'm not risking it getting a little overcooked. But that's something that I can make and have in the freezer and then pull out and take with us on vacation. It's super good. Also, we've done sloppy joes with maybe having the meat frozen and made ahead of time. We've done a honey baked chicken recipe, which is really good served over rice, little bite sized pieces of chicken that you bake in the oven with this mustard, butter, and a slight curry flavored sauce. It's so good and serve that over rice. You can make that sauce and cut up all of the chicken ahead of time and freeze it all together in a bag and then just take that with you. And it makes it super easy. All you have to do is dump it out into a baking dish and pop in the oven. Pizza tot casserole is something that we've taken on vacation with us. It's like ground hamburger with pizza sauce layer to it. And then you top it with tater tots and cheese and bake that in the oven. I feel like it's a classic like Midwest (laughs) type of casserole. (laughs) But I'm not ashamed. Midwest girl at heart. Yeah, I'm not ashamed. Love what you love. (laughs) And again, it's something you can freeze ahead of time and make super simple for traveling with it. We've done chef salads, which are so refreshing and good, especially if you are eating a lot of boardwalk food of like French fries and ice cream and you're just oh my goodness, some night on vacation. Oh, yeah. You really need a good, healthy dose of vegetables. And especially with that sweet and sour salad dressing recipe on top. Yes. It's just delicious. Enchiladas are another really good one. And a crowd pleaser. Again, that's something that you can really put into the freezer really easily and make ahead of time. Last year, I took fried chicken from the local grocery store and reheated it in the oven at the beach house, along with making some baked potatoes. This was so easy to do. It was only $6 for like eight piece variety pack of fried chicken. And I reheated it, had it wrapped in foil to reheat it in the oven. Now, I will say that the skin was not crispy like what you would hope for on a fried chicken, but the flavor was so good. And it made for it a super fast, simple meal to pull together. And I highly recommend it. We're going to do that again. That was a big hit. Yeah. We've done BLTs down at the beach. And I have experimented with making the bacon ahead of time and freezing it and then just rejuvenating it maybe in a frying pan at the beach house. I didn't love that as much. It wasn't as great. I wouldn't recommend that. Just make your bacon fresh in the oven at the beach house or wherever you're going. It's not as good to to do that. That's a lesson learned for me. (laughs) (laughs) We've also done like ham and cheese sliders with a sweet mustard glaze. Oh, yeah. That's like a classic Mm -hmm. recipe that so many people like to take to parties. Well, it's really simple to pull together and have that pre-made. And you can even just set it in the cooler or take the ingredients, but have the sauce maybe pre-made if you want or just pull it all together there. It's not super hard to pull that together. And it's really a nice, fun spin on a ham and cheese sandwich. My mother-in-law used to make bags of those and stick them on coolers for like road trips. I mean, they're so highly portable, those ham and cheese sliders, and you can just pull them out and eat them along the way. And yeah, those are, like you said, those are a classic, I feel like, for summer vacations for sure. And then lastly, we took meatballs and noodles on our vacation last year for the first time. I took a crock pot with me and I did the classic meatball recipe of a jar of chili sauce and some grape jelly, and you mix that all together, let the meatballs cook while you're at the beach, and then 
make some noodles, butter them up, serve them on top, add in some fresh veggies, and it was really, really good. Oh, I lied. That was not my last one. I have two more. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yay. Okay. Here Magical we go. food just keeps reappearing on my list. We did <laughs> a frozen vegetable lasagna just from the regular grocery store. Oh, it was just so easy. And lastly, I love, love, love Walmart's chicken. I feel like I talk about Walmart's chicken online. It's a cult classic. You just have to get it. Yeah. You go to the hot and ready section and it is their boneless honey barbecue wings. Buy it, eat it over salad, eat it in wraps. It's so good, so easy to transport, a huge hit, highly recommend. Get the Walmart chicken. Yeah, I haven't been to Walmart in a long time, but I did, on your recommendation, pick up some of the boneless chicken wings, is that Mm -hmm. what it is? Yes. With their sauce that they put on it is so good. I loved it. My kids loved it. And it's already cooked for you. So you're definitely not having to turn your oven on or anything like that. So great on vacation because almost anywhere you go in the U.S., there's going to be a lot close by. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, Rebecca, as you were talking, I was thinking those are such great crowd pleasers and can feed a lot of people. Not only would they be amazing to take on vacation, but we're always talking in the community and our hangout community about what to take t- Like if you're bringing a family with a new baby a meal, or maybe there was a death in the family, if you're bringing a meal to someone, I feel like every single one of the recipes you listed off would also be perfect for just taking to a family if you're taking a meal. So we're doing double duty here today, I feel like. I've literally taken half of this recipe to people, (laughs) or half of this list I've taken to people for sure. Yeah, there's some classics on there. For sure. Okay. Well, these were our ideas. Of course, we want to hear from our awesome community. What do you love to do for food, for your kids, for your family, for yourself during the summer? So come and find us on social media so we can keep the discussion going. Rebecca, remind people where we can find you all around the web. Well, my website is simplyrebecca.com and you can find me all over social media at simplyrebecca. Okay, and you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show wherever you are looking on social media. Come join us in the Hangout group on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. We would love to have you. And like I said at the top of the show, come and find us on Instagram. We're having so much fun over there at Sorta Awesome Show. So Rebecca, thank you so much for all of this great food inspiration. I loved it. It was so good to chat with you again, too. Yes, it was good to chat. And I feel re-motivated to cook. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Me too. Me too. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.